0: New possibilities. The Palace Theatre,
1: your palace, your place. Shows for the whole family. Waterberry Palace, your palace, your place.
2: You are not dreaming, <laughs> and the time warp hasn't happened. You are listening to your Palace, Your place this morning, and I'm your host, Sherry Marcucci, representing the Palace Theater right here in Waterbury, Connecticut. And the last time I was here was about a month ago, and I said to you, our listeners, that I'd be back in September. I'd see you in September, and I wasn't lying, actually, because at the time that's what I thought. But based, actually on your enthusiastic response to the show and your wonderful comments. Um, We discussed at the Palace whether or not we wanted to make the show year-round, and the consensus was a resounding yes. So I'm back, and I'm so thrilled to be here to share with you not only what's going on at the Palace, but also other arts venues, organizations, attractions, talking about food and lifestyle and all kinds of great things because we want the Palace to to not only be your place when it comes to great entertainment, but your place to hear about what's going on. So um, good morning, and again, I'm just thrilled to be back. So much, so much to talk about this morning. Uh, First of all, I just want to apologize if I sound like a little froggy voice this morning. Um, I have been under the weather for a couple of weeks, but happy to say that I'm I'm feeling much better now. I think it's um, actually turned into allergy-related things going on. So um, bear with me this morning, and if I have to uh, hum a little bit, you'll understand why. Um, one of the things going on at the palace, one of um, the things tonight, is another one of the great intimate performances put on by New England Arts and Entertainment, Mike Gao, um, on a, as the series uh, jazz at the Polite Club. And tonight we have an internationally renowned artist, Yoko Miwa, and her trio that will be t- there tonight. Seven and nine are the shows, and I think if you call our box office this morning when it opens, uh, you'll be able to grab snag some tickets because this if you haven't been to the Polite Club and have not experienced the jazz in this setting, and these are all renowned artists—I mean, these are top shelf jazz artists who are performing at places like Birdland in New York City and elsewhere in, in Boston, you're 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 getting the experience of being in that intimate. Jazz kind of setting. It's uh, the lighting is low. The um, you're right up, right in front of the performers. I mean, it's it's a wonderful setting. There's um, seating for about 85 people only. So, you know, you're getting that and the music, of course, and the sound. And we have to give a shout out to our sponsor of uh, who makes it so wonderful in there in terms of the sound and the lighting and the stage. And that's Power Station Events. So thank you very much. Power station for having turned this space into just this great great experience and and it's summertime and it's a time to try out new things I always think of summer as so you know if you haven't been please do yourself a favor and bring a couple of friends there's the bar is open drinks are flowing it's a great time so that's tonight and then um, one of the things that I want to remind you about is that Phantom of the Opera is of course coming to the palace in November and tickets are currently on sale and I know people have been stopping me and calling us and saying is it Already sold out. Only answer is no. Ticket sales have been phenomenal, and I think I mentioned earlier uh, in an earlier broadcast that when we went on sale, the numbers were like uh, out of the out of off the charts. And you can still get tickets, and uh, particularly some of the performances. The show runs the fifteenth, so the week before. Thanksgiving through Thanksgiving weekend. So, if you're having out of town guests, um, you know, looking for something to do during that period of time, this is a wonderful opportunity to e- um, ex- explore, to bring your guests to our beautiful Palace Theater right here in Waterbury. But a couple of the performances in particular have great, and I mean great seating, because they're um, a Monday evening performance, the 20th of November, and the night before. Thanksgiving which for some people is a party night and or some people you're preparing your your feast for the next day but for others or if you want to get your guests out from underfoot for a few hours while you're preparing the the feast um, those two performances in particular I would encourage you to you know find out what's available price range and tickets is between Fifty-five to one hundred and twenty-six dollars, depending on seating, depending on, you know, um, which performance you're attending. So, if you're interested in, I'm telling you. Don't miss this opportunity. It hasn't been in Connecticut in about eight years. The tour has been on the road now for about a year, close to two years. It has not come to Connecticut yet, and it will not be at any other venue in Connecticut anytime soon after our engagement. So you want to see it. If you've never seen it, my God, you must see it. And if you've seen it, you'll love it. And i tell you what, the Palace... And this show were meant to be together because the palace. For those of you who have been there, you know it's exquisite. It's lush, just like the production. So um, that's that's my my treaty to you today. To make sure you get your tickets. And our box office, by the way, um, will open at ten two o three three four six two thousand, or go to our website at palacedarct.org. And I have a guest in studio, and I'm going to introduce him in a minute. But I want to tell um, Ralph and our listeners something. Last night, I had uh, a great experience. Myself and one of our box office representatives, Denise Henkelman, had the um, privilege, and i call it a privilege, to represent the palace up at Torrington's Main Street Marketplace, which is an outdoor festival that's uh, five weeks uh, in length every Thursday evening up in Torrington, right on its main street. And I have to give a shout out to Ed Canada, the organizer, did a great job. I was so impressed. I mean, beautiful... Uh, you know and on a piece of litter on the streets at the end of the evening well well done lots of different vendors and we were there of course we're right across the street from our colleagues the Warner mm-hmm. and uh, I was waving to them and I actually asked their marketing person Leslie Budney come on over and say hi but she was actually out of town uh, but um, we were happy to be there and you know we were really talking about phantom we were there for phantom because as you know as I just said it's not going to be anywhere else so um, and again it's the national tour so uh and we met some great people we saw some people from our area we saw some people from that area as well many who have been to the palace and many who had not but were already knew about phantom and were picking up materials and excited to talk to us so um i just want to say it was uh it was a well done well done event and we were happy to be there and you know i i we, uh, In my role as the marketing and public relations officer for the palace, part of my role is to be a cheerleader for the palace and for Waterbury. And I really feel that in my in my heart, that um, Waterbury has so much to offer. And a lot of times, we're our own worst enemies. You know, the people that live here, the people that work here, the people that play here. And over the last couple of weeks, I've noticed that there are has been some, there was, uh, I think, a letter to the editor where it was not really toned very nicely about Waterbury. And then two ladies, and I don't actually have their names, wrote some very nice letters in about Waterbury. And I'm going to give you an opportunity, if you're listening, to call in and talk only about something positive about Waterbury that you appreciate as either a resident or somebody who works here or um, you know comes here for entertainment and, and other um, uh, attractions that we have here in, in the city. So I'm going to invite you, the listener, to call in this morning as I'm talking and we'll take calls, 203-757-1320 to give a positive comment about Waterbury. And while I'm waiting for some calls, I also want to mention something exciting, really big, that um, I'm thrilled about. The Palace um, has been chosen um, through a grant we received um, through uh, the Broadway League's Theatre Development Fund to be one of three theatres that were selected across the nation to offer over the next two-year period Open caption performances for the hearing impaired, and we're going to be um, able for select um, performances of our Webster Broadway series. We're going to have the open captioning. So if you and and for me, this is this is near and dear to my heart because I'm hearing impaired. So I'm very excited that we were chosen um, and that we're going to uh, inaugurate this program. I think it's such an an important um, thing to be able to offer to our patrons. We already, of course, of course, have the assistive listening devices that you can put on. And those are fabulous and work well for some people. But for others who are profoundly deaf and really a hearing aid or a device doesn't serve them, having that open caption so they can follow along with what's going on with um, the, the plot and the music, I mean, that is so critical to their Ability to come and enjoy and experience the wonder of live theater. So um, I'm just, I want to, I'm shouting, I'm crowing a little bit. I think being chosen from, you know, one of three across the country is amazing. Um, And, you know, it shows, I think, where we've come. And... I'm saying where we've come because when I walked in this morning um, news director Chris Fortier said I have something for you and he handed me the playbill from the inaugural season in 2004 2005 of the palace from the palace and as I looked at it and saw you know the things that we offered then of course short, Split week performances, and now we're having a two week engagement of one of the penultimate uh, Broadway musicals, Phantom of the Opera. I'm like, we are on the map. And now with this open captioning and the Broadway League, you know, val- validating that, yes. What you're doing is important work, and we recognize um what you're doing. That's huge. So I just want to crow a little bit about uh, the palace and of course, our leadership, Frank Tavera, and our board members, uh, you know, and all of our staff. you know, we're just you know. It's a jewel, and we're all blessed to have it here, right here in Waterbury. So, um, if you're listening and have just a positive comment to say about Waterbury, call in at 203 757 1320. And I can, you know, share some things I think is, uh, is positive about Waterbury. And one of them is sitting right here next to me, actually, <laughs> in the person of Ralph Cantito. Ralph, I am so happy. I've been dying to have you on the show and because he's a waterbury school teacher second grade teacher at hopeville school right around the corner right. I i'm never,
0: always nearby but i'm never n- able to come and i sit. know right.
2: but in the summer and because you know you have a little time off this summer i said i'm gonna snag him now some of you may recall that i've joked about you ralph in over the season saying oh gosh I wish he's a savant like our friend Stuart Brown too who is another one that is just very knowledgeable about Broadway and uh, musical theater but I've been wanting you Ralph and now I've got you so welcome you got me where you want me right here (laughs) W.A.T.R. Absolutely absolutely so um, we're going to talk a little bit about um, Ralph's um, background and um, then I'm going to put him to the test and mm-hmm. see what his knowledge base really is. And it's formidable. I know it. But well, and, and so if you've got some questions, too, you're going to have an opportunity to to challenge Ralph as well. Um, Ralph, let me start by talking a little bit about your background. And before we go to break and then we'll get into questions and whatnot. But you, I know you, I first got to know you because of your Hot roasted nuts. Ah, yes, and that's where I first know you. And hot as heck festivals. Was that what it was hot called? Is, hot as heck festival that uh, we produced, and um, you um, were doing your um, home on the range. Yeah. Uh, Catering. Catering. And I think you still do some of that, correct? Yes. Okay. And that's how I first came to know you. But I knew of you for many, many years, probably since I was a teen, reading about your work for Waterbury Civic Theater. And um, So tell us a little bit about that. Okay. Well, How you got started. Born, raised, educated in Waterbury.
0: Um, Been listening to WATR since I was in grammar school. (laughs) I used to be one of those people that would win Barbara's contest. And oh then, my goodness. And then i have to mark on the calendar. I can't call for another ninety <laughs> days. I didn't want Barbara after me. Oh um, and I got movie tickets and theater tickets. It was it was delightful. Oh my goodness. Um, I went to funny. Bunker Hill Grammar School, eight years. It was a K through eight school at the time. Mm-hmm. I graduated second in my class. Wow. My mother felt mm, maybe we can do better than Kennedy, and so they sent me to Holy Cross. Ah. I was a member of the third graduating class. Wow. When I was a freshman, there were no seniors. The gym hadn't been built yet. My the wow. second. You're dating yourself oh, now, Ralph. Oh, oh. <laughs> you had to wear hush puppies. You had to wear a tie and jacket. Oh my goodness! Um, the floors were new. They wanted to protect them. Oh, and. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, my mother, my grandmother, my grandfather, and my Aunt Vinny all put in $90 a year. That's nine zero. Oh, my goodness. The tuition was $360 a year. Oh. And then I worked in the brother's residence as a as a, as a cook and a waiter at uh. night to serve dinner. There were, oh. like, there were 40 of them living there. and
2: Okay. They okay. brought in
0: chefs, and then I worked in the kitchen. That was one of my first kitchen experiences, okay. and that was for my book money and, oh. and my MAD money. Okay. So that... <laughs> That's uh, three hundred sixty dollars, and now it's certainly over oh, nine yeah, or ten thousand dollars. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did a lot of
2: theater when I was at Holy Cross. Um, now, when you say you did a lot of theater, so how did you start out? Where you a, I know, I know some of your talents. You're a talented choreographer. Um, director um i i danced when i was younger and the hips didn't feel like they feel i know but you told me something we were chatting before the show began and i was amazed to hear this you've never taken a dance lesson i i never have we and i've seen this man dance and i've seen him i've been under his direction for choreography and he's amazing He's amazing. Well, that's very kind. Well, but but for somebody who has not had a lesson, so
0: I, 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 I think it, it was by seeing and by doing. I there was a musical at Holy Cross, um, at the time unusual because uh, the, the, the the trend then was a senior class musical. Uh-huh. So you you had a stew for three years waiting mm. for your turn. The Holy Cross shows were whole school. So uh-huh. in my sophomore year, I did something called uh, Mountain Madness, which was a a made-up show using songs from like "110 in the Shade" ah. and "Little Abner." Okay. And right. then the next year we did a show called "What a Blast," which <laughs> had a lot of music from Wildcat. Oh, um, oh. And then the third year, finally, we did Finian's Rainbow, and that was my first real book musical. Okay, okay. And um, I was always a dancer, and I don't know why, but I did the dance auditions, and they came easy, and I was always in the front, well, always and- in the center.
2: Well, we talked uh, offline about that, and I, I'm of the belief that I think you know there's many there's people who can learn uh, choreography, can learn dance stops technique, and be proficient, but you cannot teach the spirit. That person, and you know who, and you are, you are one of them. When you see a show. And particularly, I'm talking more, not so much professional because most of them have this, most of them. But when you're, like, let's say, seeing a community theater production or a school production, and there's that one person who commands the stage. They could have the smallest role, Mm -hmm. but they have it. They have that presence. And you can't teach that, I don't believe. I think that's something innate. Yeah, and I think um, when I was a Halo judge
0: for many, many years for Seven Angels, I would see that constantly. Yes, And boy, would I advocate for those people when it came time for the awards. This girl, Katie Frankiera from um, Danbury area, I saw her in um, Lynn Manuel's first show. Oh, the, the, in the
2: heights. In the We're heights. We're gonna talk
0: about that. Actually, she was. She jumped off the stage, yeah. and I made yeah. her the best dancer of the year. And I, I just told everyone, there's no other choice. Yeah. And the girl yeah. is in New York now, doing everything wonderful. See, see that,
2: see that, and I, I, and you can, you can spot them. Yep. You know, if you're, if you're, um that kind of mind and whatnot and i I, we got i'm looking at the clock ralph let's we need to take a time out for some uh messages from our sponsors and then we'll be back to continue this conversation i hope you're enjoying this stay tuned and we'll be back in two minutes entertaining
1: new possibilities the palace theater your palace your place shows the
2: And we're back with Your Palace, Your Place. I'm Sherry Marcucci. And my guest um, today is the, um, I call him the Renaissance man, the raconteur. Um, So many um, accolades I could say about Ralph Cantito. And I'm so happy to have you here. And before the break, we um, we were talking about that. Uh, person who has it, that performer, and you were mentioning uh, the Halo Awards and how you spot that in certain um, kids when they're, uh, when you're judging those productions. Uh, I
0: saw a show at Kennedy one time, and it was
2: a, a, a very sad production of whatever it was. Okay.
0: And um, <laughs> their light system, they, they had no support. Oh. There were 40 people in the audience, oh. and this young boy, Timothy Floyd, un... Believable, and um he got the the award that year. And um, I still see his mother at the Teachers Credit Union. Oh in, my in goodness! Middlebury. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, and he's doing very well too. So it's yeah. it's really nice, and it's nice that you get that opportunity. I think singing in church choirs and doing your high school show. Absolutely. I mean, anytime you see a celeb on Ellen or on any of the shows, there's always that picture of them in some production. Josh Groban, did yes. Fiddler on the Roof. Yes. When he was a nice. Yes. Yeah.
2: yeah. It's fascinating, it, and, it, and it's so important. So important. And Um, to support um, that um, experience for young people who are interested and some who don't know they're interested and get exposed to it and then some rise right to the top so you never know and just as sports you know those who have an inclination that way this is another outlet for young people that's certainly a good way to Mm -hmm. express that teenage energy and angst sometimes but also um, giving people a chance to succeed at something and uh, the arts and the correlation between the arts of course and uh, and um academics Mm -hmm. is well documented um particularly in the stem areas which you wouldn't think with math right so um you know i think we are we are um we don't want to cut off our noses to spite our faces if, <laughs> if, if we don't support through funding those kinds of programs mm-hmm. in schools, and uh, I think that's so important. And I'm laughing, I'm giggling because I got it. This is a total aside. Yesterday, I was talking to one of my twenty-something colleagues at the palace, and I made the reference of not wanting to cut off your nose to spite your face about something we were talking about. And he looked at me, and he started to laugh. I said, what, what are you laughing at? He goes, well, what you just what is, said. And I, I said, mean? "I said, what do you mean, what I just said? I said, it means cut off your nose to spite your face. He goes, yeah. I said, well, you don't, do you not know what that means? He goes, no, I've never heard that before. So I went to my other 20-something colleague and said, you know what this means? Did you ever hear this? No. I said, holy mackerel, there is a divide. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I knew there was a technology divide between us and millennials, but I'm like, wow, that's very interesting. Those are the kids that say,
0: oh, did you know that Paul McCartney had a band before Wings, <laughs> right?
2: <laughs> no kidding, because <laughs> one, of my, one, one of these same young colleagues, when we were having a, we have um, uh, rain coming back in uh, the spring next season, and we were talking about how Back in June, it was the 50th anniversary of Sergeant Pepper. And we're going on and on about, you know, that and how we're going to market. And she said, excuse me, I just have to ask a question What's Sergeant Pepper. And yeah. I went, no, yeah, no, really? <laughs>
0: you, might, you might understand them not knowing maybe who Leslie Gore was. Right, right. Or, you know, who Celia Black was. But I, honest, I said, you're making me feel very old now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tend to do that when I when I choreograph, you know, and if we have a number featuring a young girl, a young woman, and, you know, they lift them up and all the jazz hands all yeah. around her, and I go, it's going to be a real Mitzi Gaynor moment. Oh
2: and my the kids, God. Yeah.
0: look, Mitzi,
2: they never yeah. even heard. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there okay. because you just okay. stole one of my questions. Oh, sort of. What? So She did South Pacific no, on TV. No, no, no. So okay. you use the term jazz hands, <laughs> and I here's the question for Ralph. I think this is an easy one to get us started and off on another tangent, but... What famous Broadway director and choreographer? Bob Fosse. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> he he is attributed with the, coining the, jazz the phrase hands, yeah. "jazz hands." And jazz hands, if you don't know, are the kind of wide open, you know, hands open gestures. And Bob Fosse was very stylized. Yeah. And Ralph, talk a little bit about Bob Fosse's style. The thing about Bob Fosse was he was knock kneed and he was bald. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and not a pretty pick and, and his whole choreographic style came about either highlighting those faults or disguising them. So the head down with the yes. with the fedora, that was to cover the bald spot. Oh and all that isolation and all those awkward angles yes. is because of his knock knees.
2: Isn't that interesting? And an entire
0: school of dance came from from his what you would consider a, a fault. <laughs> yeah. Something that would make him not a good Isn't dancer. That,
2: oh my god. I know. I read the biography not, that came out about a year or two ago, uh, a more, more recent biography about him, but I don't remember reading that, but that's very interesting. Very interesting. So, uh, Bob Fosse shows... The, the thing with the with the hands is, again,
0: that if you're looking at the hand, you're not looking at the knock knees, you're not looking at the bald that's head. That's
2: so true. It's uh, like smoke and mirrors. Yeah, smoke and yeah. mirrors.
0: And we can do tangents. This could be a whole show about tangents. I, <laughs> Many, one of his unsuccessful shows was called um, Big Deal, and I okay. think it was uh, based on Big Deal on Madonna Street. It was some Italian mafia. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Okay. But
0: it was this big musical about kind of gangstery. Yeah. And it, yeah. some of it looked in the style of the sing, sing, sing number from Dancing. Okay. But my friend Marty, who was a He notices everything. There was a dancer who was exiting into the wings. And her arm was flowing like she had literally no bones in her arm. And he goes, the lighting was so stunning. It caught her hand. Caught her hand. There was nothing left but her little pinky. It caught her little pinky right to the knuckle. Right to the little fingernail and then off, and he is still talking about that (laughs) twenty-five years later. It was—it certainly wasn't the big
2: dolly on the staircase moment, but it was a moment, a moment. That's and it, and you know what? That's what's special about live theater, because and that moment was never, I bet, replicated. Possibly, right? I mean, because it's you when. When you are sitting and you have that one-on-one, basically, experience with what's happening on the stage, that moment in time never comes again Mm -hmm. because no two performances are ever the same. The nuance, the the lifted eyebrow, perhaps, um, a look on the face, a turn, whatever, it's never quite the same. So, you know, when you... I'll never forget when i saw jersey boys right after it opened i was i had chills and i what was so remarkable for me was that palpable energy that was coming from the stage to the audience and back to the stage that is what is so exciting about Mm -hmm. live theater and it doesn't happen all the time it does not no it does not
0: people want to talk about jupac musicals where they just take a a score they just take a composer and just shove his songs into a musical and sometimes it works decently yes sometimes it's desperate Something with Jersey Boys, the love of that music, a story that nobody really That's, knew. That was absolute. You're so, so right I about that. I did not know all of that stuff. The ups and the downs yes. and the connection with the mom. And the and,
2: daughter. And, and the arrest. And, and then, then the Joe Pesci angle, which is, I love that. You know, And it's real. And that was staged within an inch of its life. Yes. I thought
0: every number, every dance pose, every bow they took after every number. The work with the
2: mics and yes. the wires yes. and the Mike stands impeccable. impeccable. Yeah. Impeccable. I agreed. And 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 guess what? We have Jersey Boys on our season again next year. And it's a show that people want to see over I've and over. I've seen it four and times and I will see it four more times. I love that show. It's it's of course it's got my my name as one of those. There them. you go. <laughs> yeah, the spelled big, a little smart, differently. The f-
0: big famous Marcucci number Marcucci.
1: <laughs> oh, no. No, Marcucci, no, no. baby. No. Yeah.
2: Anyway, um <laughs> We're getting silly now, but um, so you talked also about Bob Fosse flops, and I think there was another not so successful show that starred his wife, who was sort of his. She was his muse, I believe. Yeah, redhead. Right? Yes, yeah. yes. Oh, another one. <laughs> I can't. I can't stump him at all. Okay. All right. And you mentioned Wildcat,
0: Lucille Ball. All right. right. Okay. And The
2: famous song from there is "I
0: Ain't Down Yet." Um, yeah. I, um, I Oh, no, yeah, no. I Ain't no. Down Yet is from Unsinkable Molly Brown. Yes. yes. Hey, Look Me Over is from Wildcat. Hey, look me over. Lend yes.
2: me an ear. Da, da, da. Yeah. Okay, okay. All right. If you're listening and you think you can stump the star here, Ralph Cantito, um, give us a call at 203-757-1320. If you have a trivia question on you know Broadway musical theater... Um, Anything in that genre, please call in, and um, I'm actually going to sweeten this. If you can stump Ralph, I'm going to give you a pair of tickets to see um, A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder, coming to the Palace Theater, the tour in October, so two zero three seven five seven thirteen twenty. While we were talking uh, before the show, you mentioned uh, some people you've palled around with, and I was like, "Oh my God, I never knew that about you." So
0: let's talk about that a little bit. Well, first of all, I've had many careers. I was yes, I was a physical therapist at Middlebury Orthopedic. Dad, Group. I
2: did not. Oh, I did okay. not know yes. that. That's yes. good to know, Ralph. When I have an ache and pain, now <laughs> I think we
0: got to take her. We got to okay. call her. All let's right. hear
2: it. I want to hear. Put, put your headset phone. on. I want to hear who's going to stump Ralph. Good morning, caller. Do you have a question to stump Ralph Cantito?
1: Yes. Good morning. I do have a question for him.
2: Okay. Go ahead.
1: Um, yes. Um, there was a Broadway play that uh, had an actual swimming pool on stage, and the music for this particular show was done by a composer who originally came from Hartford.
2: Oh my. Uh,
1: oh. He has since passed away, but he also had done a number of other Broadway shows
0: wow you may you may have done it i know the, i know the frogs is often performed in places that have a pool but that's a stephen sondheim show and he's very much alive yeah. there was a pool in merrily we roll along but hideously it was just blue paper over a hole in the stage and somebody dove into the pool and literally ripped through the blue paper it was as tacky
2: oh as goodness. anything
0: i've ever seen um I, you want to give me another hint? I'd I really—you have stumped me. But do you have a? Uh,
1: okay. Um, uh, do you want a hint about the composer or about the um, the uh, Broadway musical itself?
0: Do the do the composer? Let's see. All
1: right. Okay. <laughs> oh, I think this will give it away. He yep. also did the music for Fanny.
0: Oh. Uh. I don't. I can't see anything in my head. Give me a decade.
1: The 1950s.
0: Yeah. No. You stumped me. You're you're going to the palace to see a very good show, <laughs> which does not have a pool in it.
1: <laughs> okay. google Give me another clue, and it's you've already won. But give all me right. Clue. Um, here's um, here's another clue. Um, uh, my wife said, "Make it easy." All right. Uh, the male lead in this particular um, play was married at one time to Shirley Jones.
0: So Ted, uh, yes. Jack Cassidy. Jack Cassidy, yep. Right. So I know he was in, Oh my Oh God. my goodness. He was in It's a Birds a Plane, It's Superman. It's not that. Um. Oh. I have no idea. Nope. Nope. Give up? Ma- was it Maggie Flynn or Maggie
2: May?
1: No.
0: Nope. Okay, I give up. Give it
1: to us. All right. The name of the play was. The name of the musical was "Wish You Were Here." Wish, <gasps> Wish you, you were, were here.
2: Hair. I just read some information about that. Oh right. my goodness.
1: And the composer was Harold Rome. Right. I, excellent. And
2: and what's your first name? Dan. Dan, oh, thank you so much for calling in. This, that was really good, really good. And we're gonna um, take put your, we're gonna put you on hold and take your uh, information so I can get you out a pair of tickets to see A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder coming to the Palace in October.
1: All right, this is the highlight of my day. Imagine stumping <laughs> Ralph. <growl>. There <laughs> you go, oh Dan, Dan, oh, Dan. thank I you so Ralph much for calling this. in. He might know who I am. I'm not sure. Okay, who are you, Dan? I- <laughs> Jennifer.
0: Oh, this is Dan D'Alessio. How are you, sir? Very good. Okay, very good, Dan. You've done it. Thank you. <laughs> okay.
2: Thanks for listening and calling in. All right. Um- <laughs>
0: His daughter-in-law, Jen D'Alessio, is our fourth-grade teacher.
2: Ah, at- oh, okay. So you have a fan base. Oh, yeah, sure.
0: Yes, um, but they mostly know me from my food because of the catering. Well, t- so you
2: know, we we got we got off track. We and I want to talk about all your myriad careers. You now the physical therapy. I never knew that about you, and know, I've known you for a good like uh, fifteen years now. Really, right? I never heard that. But I I want to talk about your stint in Jamaica too, and how you what you were doing there. But the big thing I want to talk about is. Your your celebrity, uh. right? Oh boy, are we getting far off yeah, track? Yes.
0: So anyway, we, we grew up on welfare. Um, I went to Holy Cross. It was a, a, a struggle, but I went. And then when I was ready to go, because I kind of wanted to because do because your
2: mom was a single mom yep. out of not because you were on. The, right there was right. a single mother and I, have to th- I gotta tell you in the 50s and the 60s not not as common as it is now no no but she your mom is a doll and a hard-working lady so. she absolutely was so one um, of the things that she did was
0: she called swap shop here on watR and she made sure all three of us got instruments because she couldn't afford lessons she couldn't ever send me to dance class which is why I never took okay but she got us instruments and through the Waterbury Public school system we learned how to read music Fred Carnacchio was our Aww. music teacher so eight years of
2: instruments and that's how I learned to read music wow. which comes in great wow. yeah great, absolutely yeah, yeah absolutely um so um, you we were in Jamaica for a period of time in another career. St. St. Thomas, I'm sorry. So I did the physical therapy for about 10
0: years. Okay. And then one morning I woke up. So you this. went to school to become a phil- physical therapist? I went therapist. to UConn. Yes, And okay. that was part of the thing. I would okay. love to be a dancer. You can't get a scholarship to be a dancer. Mm-hmm. And at that point, yeah. I was already 17 years old and I hadn't taken a single lesson. Right. So I was looking up occupational therapy and it sounded interesting. And there were no schools in Connecticut that were accredited. So I said it said see also physical therapy. And that's literally I went, I applied one school, UConn, physical therapy. They only accept forty five kids. Like I didn't know what I was doing. One school, that program, and I got in. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so I have my bachelor of science in physical therapy. Okay. I did it for ten years and one day I woke up and says I
2: must cook. Ah, oh, I must cook Wait, yep. hold that thought. Yep. We're gonna take a quick break because I forgot all about our sponsors. Because you're just don't. fascinating to just me. Don't forget. And the we'll sponsors. be right back. Stay tuned.
0: Entertaining
1: new possibilities. The palace theater, your palace, your place. Shows for the whole family. Waterberry Palace.
2: And we are back with Ralph Cantito, our guest this morning on Your Palace, your Place. And I, I, I said to Ralph, you're coming back before the summer's over because this is so much fun. Talking to you is like just talking to the greatest storyteller that I could talk to. So food is your life is where we left off. You must do food, you said. Right, so I went
0: to the New York Restaurant School. I certainly would have liked to have gone to the CIA, but it was a two-year program. Um, I couldn't be unemployed for that long. So the uh, New York Restaurant School was was a 6 month program. It trained you very well but it only trained you to do like a 50 to 100 seat Tablecloth restaurant. I didn't know anything about cooking for hotels. I didn't know anything about catering. That was their focus, but I did terrifically. I loved it, and I got hired right out of the program. Wow! Um, I was a student on Tuesday, and I was the assistant chef at that venue the next morning on Wednesday. And you, 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 you have a thirst for learning. It's obvious. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, nothing. The grass isn't growing under my feet. I, yeah. I did. That's I did, for sure. I did the physical therapy. Mm-hmm. I did uh, cooking. I do all the choreography and now I'm a teacher. So and now you're a because
2: yeah. th- that came a little
0: later in your in your career. And that came through the theater. I came back to Waterbury after two hurricanes in St. Thomas. <laughs> I lost everything I lost everything I owned twice within oh, 6 years. Oh. And I moved to Waterbury the day I landed Dave Gardino called and says I'm doing a production of The Music Man at Rotella School starring Tom Shute. Oh. And um, and he said, "Would you choreograph it?" So I did during the auditions. The principal looked at me. He says, "Oh my God, you are great with these kids!" And the parents are all talking about it. He goes, "If you have a teaching certificate, I'll hire you." And so I went the next day to the UB program. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the intern program, I worked a full year, got my degree, I have a master's degree in elementary education, Oh my and god. indeed, I got hired at Rotella.
2: Oh my god. And that started, everything and- Everything has led to the next step. And that's the beautiful thing about um, life, I think, that in- especially if you're paying attention, <laughs> things build on each other and the next thing is based on that history you've you know, created and there are there are unkind people who say oh you always step in it ralph you really but no it's no what, you've worked it's hard what i
0: do and how i do it where i am you know that leads
2: me to the next part and and i think it's this uh, um again it, sometimes i think these are innate traits but the ability to connect the dots. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I I always talk about that because I love that. I love to connect people and make things happen by bringing people together. And um, it's just something you got or you don't got it, I guess. When, <laughs> when I was in St. Thomas, I used
0: to feel when I was running the restaurant that it was like theater yeah. the prep time is oh, rehearsal sure. time the, the restaurant opens up at six showtime the audience comes in
2: absolutely and let me tell you at the end of the meal i would get applause yeah. even
0: in the restaurant it was great
2: it was great okay we have about i don't know eight minutes left but i want to talk about mm, Liza. Liza. very interesting when
0: i was in saint thomas there was a thing called full moon jazz it was on the f- night of the full moon whatever night it turned out to be. One of the hotels, I think Belongo Bay, used to have people around the pool. They'd bring in a cabaret act from New York, very similar to what you have at the Poli. Okay. And um, there was a group called the Wise Guys was there. And um, it was a very weird part of the island where there was no action, no restaurants, no bars, no anything. So I felt bad for these guys. They had a room, they had a performance, but I said... I got to show you St. Thomas, so I threw him in the back of my jeep and away we went. <laughs> well, Jim Caruso turned out to be one of those guys. Um, Jim Caruso just recently was at the at the at the poll Explain life. who Jim Caruso is for Jim those who don't Caruso know. Jim Caruso was with um, Jane Monheit and Billy Stritch, and the three of them sang. And he runs a big Broadway night. He's a, he's a terrific uh, person to know in New York. But he also used to sing backup with Liza Minnelli. He was in one of her Broadway shows, <laughs> and um, so just now, just a little. So I was living. In St. Thomas, I'd be in New York. I'd be at a venue. I'd be going to see Lipsinka or I'd be going to Cheetah Rivera's sister's restaurant, and there would be Jim. And who was with Jim but Liza Minnelli? And it was like, it just got commonplace. It wasn't that exciting because she was always there. So, what's Liza like? She's exactly like that because she's either on or she's off. And when she's on, she is on.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing where the food and theater and everything intermingled was um, uh, for a while, I was a property manager in New York City. Oh! <laughs> and I worked for a very rich Greek man named Yannis Sismanoglou, and Yanni owned about 15 buildings in three boroughs. Oh. I was the apartment manager for over 650 apartments in Queens, in Brooklyn, and in Manhattan. Oh. His girlfriend's name was Rochelle Fleming. Oh. Rochelle happens to be the sister of famous opera star Renee Fleming. Sure. Rochelle decided to throw a surprise birthday party for her sister. She asked me to cook for it. Oh,
2: oh, Renee
0: loved what I did and suddenly I'm cooking for Renee I'm cooking for her in her New York apartment I'm cooking uh, for her when she moved to Fairfield uh, I did her housewarming, I did her Christmas party where oh. Andre Previn and Placido Domingo were oh,
2: my goodness. it was uh, really
0: uh, kind of amazing
2: you you know Ralph you have lived <laughs> an extraordinary life, you have great stories to tell, I think there's a book in there somewhere, well I'm 61 years old last Saturday so I oh. got I'm oh, happy you, yeah. belated. Did
0: Thank you. I, yeah, so I've done a lot.
2: Done yeah, a lot. you have, but you know what? That's what life, is meant to be lived. Now, Renee Fleming is is going to be in an upcoming production on Broadway,
0: correct? Where Scott Rudin is doing another production of Carousel. And that Jessie Mueller, who was um, Carol King in Beautiful, yes. and she was just in Waitress, mm-hmm. will be playing the lead. And um, Joshua Henry is going to be Billy Bigelow. And Renee Fleming will be Nettie Fowler. She's the one who sings June is Busting up. All over, and then yes. more famously, you'll never walk alone. Oh, yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, what a moment that will be to hear yeah. her voice. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Now, of all the shows you've um, been involved with, I, 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 I want to know the shows you've been involved with. What's your favorite and why? And then I want to know just in the in the Broadway musical canon, what's your favorite? My first
0: Broadway show was Little Night Music. I was a junior at Holy Cross. I wrote an essay, What the UN Means to Me. It was a national contest. They took one boy and one girl from every state in the United States. I was the boy from Connecticut. And we got a week in New York. We stayed at the McAlpin Hotel. We went to the UN every single day, but at night. One night it was the glass-roofed bus tour of New York. Yeah. One night it was the Empire State Building. Another night it was a restaurant. Another night it was a Broadway show. At the time, we had our choice. This was paid for. Seesaw, Grease, Irene, Pippin, and a little night music. Oh, my God. And what do you think I
2: chose? a little little night night music music. yes I was a theater snob at at 15 you were okay here's one last question my one of my favorites one of my first Broadway shows that season was was Seesaw okay so the male lead had a famous mother-in-law who was she and who was the male lead?
0: The male lead was Ken Howard, and the mother-in-law is either Dear Abby or Ann Land. Correct. Bing, 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 yes. bing, bing, bing. And ding. he looked—he looked like um, the mayor, John Lindsay, at the time. And John yes, Lindsay did. did a walk-on.
2: <gasps> That's right. That show. Okay. And so, who's the other famous person besides Michelle Lee? Was which was the female? Tommy lead. Toon. Yes. And why was what was the iconic moment in the show that he did? He sang a number called "It's Not Where You Start, It's Where You Finish." And and what else about it? Phys- the visual of it. He had, he had those gigantic
0: legs. He and, walked up and a whole staircase, staircase. with one, in one step. Yes, yes,
2: that was that was. Oh my God, what a thrill that show! I mm. love that. Another one of my favorites from long ago was Two Gentlemen of Verona. Wonderful. I never saw the original production, but I lived with the CD. Me too. Me too. With our with the hairbrush as my microphone. <laughs> okay. Ralph, you and I should have known each other long ago. It seems like we did. I know, yeah. I know, I know. Well, we're we're coming up to the end of our show. I cannot believe how fast this hour, basically 15 minutes, flew. Um, so. I'm, you promised to come back before summer's over. I will. We, okay. hard, we hardly broke the surface. I know. There's so much. You are just, you're fun. You're okay. fun. And I think we have to do a challenge, too, with Ralph and Stuart Brown, maybe like a Jeopardy, okay. something or other, because you two would. L- <laughs>
0: well, we, I, ju- we just looked up the logo for Wish You Were Here, because as soon as he said I it, know? I said, I think that logo has a man and woman with
2: bathing suits on the cover of it. And <laughs> sure enough, I should have gotten it. Dan, you're killing me. Oh, God. Well, I want to thank our listeners for um, being with us um, for your Palace, your Place today. I hope you enjoyed this little uh, departure from our norm uh, of our show. And if you're looking to get tickets to the Palace, remember to go to our website, palacetheaterct.org, or call our box office, which will be open in about one minute, 203-346-2000. And remember this weekend, do something you will love with someone you love whether it's arts or uh, another type of attraction make sure you're enjoying life living it to the fullest like our friend here ralph and stay tuned for your local news coming up next and talk of the town with steve knox and i'm sherry marcucci we'll see you in two weeks bye-bye
1: entertaining new possibilities the palace theater your palace your place show Waterbury Palace, your palace, your place. Waterbury Palace Theatre, your palace.